Welcome to this podcast from St. Mary's The University Church. While public worship will not be offered in church for the foreseeable future, we hope that these podcasts will provide you with some spiritual resources over the coming days. University sermons have been preached at St. Mary's since the end of the 13th century. Each year, preachers from a variety of different traditions are invited by the Vice-Chancellor to deliver sermons before the University of Oxford. This term, in response to the pandemic, the University Council has given permission for these sermons to be delivered as podcasts. These sermons provide an opportunity to hear thinkers from a range of disciplines and perspectives, drawing together the life of learning, spiritual discovery, and the quest for truth. This week, we welcome Professor Helen King, Emerita Professor of Classical Studies at the Open University. Her intellectual interests range widely in the fields of the history of medicine, gender, and the body. She's also a licensed lay preacher for the Diocese of Oxford and gives much service to the Church of England nationally. We wish we could be welcoming her in person to St. Mary's. Let us pray. Gracious God, we pray for your church. Fill it with all truth, in all truth with all peace. Where it is corrupt, purify it. Where it is an error, direct it. Where in anything it is amiss, reform it. Where it is right, strengthen it. Where it is in want, provide for it. Where it is divided, reunite it. For the sake of Jesus Christ, your Son, our Saviour. Amen.
A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many deeds of power in your name? Then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Go away from me, you evildoers. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on rock. The rain fell, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall, because it had been founded on rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. Now when Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were astounded at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as their scribes. Thanks be to God. In the name of the living God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. The Bible passage we've heard today starts with a warning. Not everyone who calls Jesus Lord will enter the kingdom of heaven. Among those who claim to speak in Jesus' name and who drive out demons and perform miracles, some will be rejected as evildoers. That basic point, that bad things are done in the name of Jesus, is as true now as ever it was. Presidents hold up the Bible to promote their own agenda. Those in high office in the church cover up sexual abuse because they want to protect each other. Slavery, racism, sexism have all been defended from the Bible. Church leaders carry out conversion therapy to drive out the demons some of them think are responsible for homosexuality. Those who've been subjected to this often say, the only thing they exorcised was my faith. In the name of Jesus can still be a cover for abuse. This is a timely warning, and it's one for all of us, not just for those we disagree with. It's a warning for me. It's a warning for you. We all have agendas, but there's something even deeper here. The warning does something interesting to that basic who's in the kingdom, 
who's out binary, showing that it isn't as simple as we maybe thought it was. And yet this destruction of a binary is followed by what looks like a series of binaries. Those who put Jesus's words into practice are like a wise man building his house upon the rock. Those who go for something more superficial are building on sand. Wise, foolish, rock, sand. Again, either, or. As ever, we need to read what comes before the set passage. Today's reading comes at the very end of the Sermon on the Mount, which is rather more likely to be a summary of a lot of different teaching events. And the sermon does some interesting things with binaries. In the three chapters over which it extends, we find not only things which are quite easy for most of us to follow, like you shall not murder, but also the statement that if you insult a brother or sister, you'll be liable to the council. And if you say merely, you fool, you'll be liable to the hell of fire. It's not the easy, love your neighbour, hate your enemy here, but the more challenging, love your enemies and pray for your persecutors. Back to that house on the rock. I remember singing The Wise Man Built His House Upon the Rock, complete with gestures, as one of my Sunday school favourites. But I want to suggest that perhaps in these uncertain times, the building on rock or sand isn't as binary as we tend to think. The imagery of the rock is powerful in the Bible, written as it was in a land of floods. In the Psalms, the Lord is my rock. In Isaiah, only the house built on the shore foundation will survive the flood. And the certainty of the rock still pervades our culture. We say rock solid. Northern rock, a good name for a building society, at least until it collapsed in 2008 and had to be nationalised. Even before COVID-19, when we piously repeated that the church is the people, not the building, we were still obsessed with the solidity of buildings, as anyone who served on any sort of church council will affirm. Rocks, certainties, bricks and mortar, sure foundations. During the various stages of our response to COVID-19, buildings have been a topic of discussion and angry disagreement. Just last week, permission was given for religious buildings to open, if they think they can, for private prayer. So is it still church if there isn't access to the building? Is it still church if you're attending online? Similar questions come up in the context of education. How would universities work online? Or isn't it university if you can't be in a building? The final place I've worked in my university career is the open university. A university that has buildings, certainly, but buildings that aren't attended by undergraduate students. At the OU, we don't diminish what we do by talking about us versus normal universities. No, it's us versus brick universities. Brick doesn't define university. It's just one option. Starting your house on a foundation of rock means spending time and effort digging down to it. I learnt something about foundations in my childhood. My father was an architect, so a typical weekend outing would be to traipse around a new development, inspecting the show homes. I learnt a lot of tricks of the trade. For example, removing the internal doors so there looks like more space inside. 
My father was scathing about new developments on poor foundations. He was amazed that 95% of the new homes built over the first decade of the present century were on floodplains. But then I've also lived in the Netherlands, where much of the land is below sea level. In 1953, a flood caused by a lethal mixture of the usual high spring tides and a severe storm killed nearly 2,000 people there, as well as several hundred in the eastern counties of England. A lot of the Netherlands is built on sand. And of course now, as in the ancient Mediterranean, sand is an important part of building. Making mortar involved mixing sand with lime. That sand could be from a pit, a river, or the sea. The ancient Roman writer on architecture, Vitruvius, warns that sea sand dries slowly, and walls built with it shouldn't be trusted with a heavy loading. In the multiple uncertainties with which we live, post-Brexit, struggling with a pandemic, worried about injustice and democracy, I come to the wise man and the foolish man with their choice of foundations, wondering. It's not just that we may find our foundations weren't as solid as we'd once thought, but also that maybe we can't always be certain just what we are building upon. What happens when your certainties crash down around you? Rocks are great, but what if your rock turns out to be sand? What if all we have is sand? Well, even from sand, even on sand, strong buildings can be made. Vitruvius's three principles of architecture were strength, usefulness, and beauty. Strength, he said, depends on taking the foundations to a good solid bottom, if such can be found, and then using the right materials. Today, in our daily lives and in our churches, confronted with conflicting advice on pretty well everything from masks to distancing, we find ourselves building with whatever comes to hand. If church isn't what we once thought it was, fine. If our spiritual building material isn't what we thought we should use, or what our church tradition told us we should use, if it isn't what we were told was ideal, fine. What we build now, in this age of uncertainty, can still endure. Our foundations should be, is what we are doing useful? Does it serve people in whatever need they have? Is what we are doing beautiful? Does it build people up rather than diminish their dignity? The crowds who gathered to hear Jesus were astounded at his teaching, which was delivered with supreme authority. Yet he specialises in turning our established values and our cherished certainties upside down. To call him Lord and to claim to act in his name will always be not just a huge responsibility, but also a challenge to change. Amen.
A university sermon is usually accompanied by a formal bidding prayer. We're invited to pray for the church and for the world, in particular to pray for all places of religious and useful learning, and to pray in particular for the University of Oxford. But we also continue today to hold in our thoughts and prayers all those affected by the current pandemic, particularly those who are sick and those who have lost loved ones. These prayers are led by Anna Dill and Laura Roberts, both students and members of the congregation at St Mary's. Let us bring our prayers before Almighty God, that he may grant us grace to serve his will, a sure understanding to enlighten our minds, and the courage to live according to the passion of his love. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Let us pray for the Church throughout the world, for all ministers of word and sacrament, and for the life and witness of this university church. We pray for the renewal of the Church, that all Christian people may show compassion and mercy to all. We pray for all those who seek truth wherever it may be found, and who long for illumination of the mind and purity of heart. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Let us pray for all those in authority, that they may truly and impartially administer justice and uphold the common good. We pray for all the nations of the earth, that they may be guided in the ways that make for peace and overcome all discord and division. We pray especially at this time for all schools and places of learning, including our universities. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Let us pray for the sick and for all who care for them. We pray especially for the hospitals of this city and for the National Health Service. We pray also for those who grieve, those in places of care, those in prison, those living with addiction, and those living with mental health issues. We pray that they may receive the riches of Christ's healing love and be preserved in body, mind, and spirit. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Finally, let us praise God for all those who have died in the love of Christ and pray that we may have grace to follow their good example and that at the last we may share with them in the life of God's eternal kingdom. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive them that trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and the love of God, and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, be upon you and remain with you always. Amen.